0: Please pray with me. Lord Jesus, we come this night grateful and thankful for so many things. But Lord, we come to recognizing our need to be created people who have thankful hearts even more so. And so we pray that your Holy Spirit would descend on us, that they would create faith within us, that he would bless us with what we need, Not just in this life, but in our very souls, that we would cling to your written word about who you are, about what you have done, and about what you are going to do. And so now, as we open your word, give us your spirit, that as we hear your word, we would believe it, and that by believing it, we would become doers of it. We pray, Jesus, in your perfect and your holy name. So here we are again, another Thanksgiving Eve together. We know maybe why we're here. We know why we celebrate Thanksgiving. We know sort of those worldly reasons, right? An excuse to eat too much food, something about a Mayflower somewhere, or maybe just an excuse to watch a lot of football, right, Dave? Absolutely. But we know why we're here, too, the the sort of Christian reasons to celebrate Thanksgiving, right? After all, we begin most of our prayers with what words? Thank you, God, and then fill in the blank. We just heard from Paul in 1 Thessalonians 5, we're supposed to give thanks in all circumstances, all the time. The meal that we're about to partake, sometimes called the Eucharist, which just means give thanks. We know, in our heads, we know that a life as a follower of Jesus. Giving thanks is not just a one day, not just a one moment, but that it is truly a lifestyle so I want to do that tonight. I want you to do something that might make you feel a little uncomfortable. What I want you to do is I want you to turn to someone next to you. So if you have to move to find somebody who is not in your family, not in your pew, you can't just turn and talk to your spouse or your kids or your grandkids. That doesn't count. So turn to the people around you. And I want you to introduce yourself if their face is unfamiliar to you. And then I want you to tell them three things that you are grateful or thankful for for this year. Got it? Three things, I'm gonna give you two minutes. All right, ready, set, go. Your two-minute timer is up. Please find your way back as you can. It's like I need to do one. I need to do one of those like teacher clap things, right? Clap once if you can hear my voice, right? Clap twice if you can hear my voice. Oh, it's all good. People are going. It's all good. This went really well, you know, I I did not anticipate it to go as well as this, it's really good, it's really good, we're still going. So if we are to be people who gather together, right, if that's part of what we believe it means to live out our life as a follower of Jesus, what you just did is an important part of that, right? That we might go, on, go home, go to our family Thanksgivings, and talk about what we're grateful, what we're thankful for. But there's a special place for us to do that together. So, be brave, be bold. What did you say that you were grateful? Give me one thing that you talked about in your groups. Not someone else's. Give me your own. Lydia. Friends, family, and animals. All three. And not just her animals. All animals. Right? Good. What else? Eileen. Your last hospital stay did not require surgery. <laughs> Amen to that, right? Thank you, God. Absolutely. Good. What else? Okay. We have a safe place to worship. Mm-hmm. A safe place to worship. In a place at all to worship, right? Absolutely. What else? New job. A new job. Good. Very good. God provides in that. Anything else? Yeah, Vicky. We are glad to have you here, too. Absolutely. So, thank you for being bold, for being brave. There's a lot to be thankful for, isn't there? Now, here's a strange question that I'm going to bet that you're not going to ask tomorrow when you do this with your family and friends. Of those three things you talked about, how many are you going to say the same thing, or how many of them are you going to remember in one, in five, in five, Or in ten years from now? Hmm. Hmm. Or said in another way, how many of them, how many blessings, how many gifts of God are you going to forget? Are you going to forget? The psalm that we read at the start of the service poses this very interesting question to us. It begins with sort of this beautiful praise and and admonition to worship God with all that we are, with all that we have, with every single fiber of our being, but then it says these really, really strange words. They sound almost as though someone is singing loudly off-key next to you, or as if someone hit the wrong note on the piano. It just doesn't make sense with what has come before. So... Read these with me. Bless the Lord, O my soul, and forget not all his benefits. Forget not all his benefits. Has he forgotten them already? Is he trying to recall them to mine as though he somehow doesn't know or remember what they are? Or maybe, maybe he's just aware of the truth that I think we all can relate to. When times are good, when life is going well, as we might even so desire it to, it is easy, it is simple to give God thanks and praise, to do what he talks about in the first verse, to praise God with all that we are and with all that we have. But in the difficult moments, in the trying moments of life, if life is this roller coaster, on those moments on the bottom there, suddenly... It seems as though we forget. It's easy in those stressful times of life to forget all that our God has done in the past. All that He has done, provided, given, and blessed us with. All of His benefits. We're not alone in that sort of thing. It's not just a new 21st century distracted technology age problem. God's people have had this problem ever since they were God's people. So we heard the story from Exodus, or at least part of it, right? At this point, people of God have been brought out of Egypt, and now they're standing at the Red Sea, fearing for their very lives. And what does Moses tell to them in this moment? Just hang out. Just stand still, just be quiet, God's got it. And what does God do? Well, he splits the sea, they walk through on dry land, and he drowns all of Pharaoh's army. Now, you would think, you would think that this would somehow change their understanding, change their life, change the way they think about God, right? Think of the power, think of the might that they saw him display right in front of them wouldn't you think that then they would be able to trust him, to believe that he would provide, to to never doubt that his hand of provision would be there for them? Seems pretty logical, right? But 72 hours later, 72 hours, three days, three days, they are murmuring against Moses. Why? Why? Not because Pharaoh's army is coming, not because some big bad wolf is coming to get them, but because they're thirsty. They're thirsty. And that small little thing suddenly now becomes so big that they are totally and completely forgotten of all that God has just done for them. And so the psalmist urges you, urges me, urges all of us to not forget to not forget, because of how tempting it is to forget in those moments, in those difficult times in life. And so the psalmist says, worship God, praise God with all that you are, but don't forget what he's done. Because in those days of suffering, in those days of trial, you need to remember those things. Because your God is the same back then as he is today in whatever trial you are going through. And so if you think with the psalmist now, if the question then is, well, okay, if God is going to give me all of his benefits, then we should ask the question, what are those benefits? What are the things that we should give God thanks and praise for? Think back with me, got the list of things that you just said to that person you talked to. All right, now let's look at the next couple verses of this psalm. Read this with me as well. Who forgives all your iniquity, who heals all your diseases, who redeems your life from the pit, who crowns you with steadfast love and mercy, who satisfies you with good, so that your youth is renewed like the eagles. On your list, how many of these things appeared? on that list. How many of the things that you listed that you were thankful for does the psalmist say, look, these are the benefits of God. The forgiveness of your sins, the healing of your sicknesses, delivering your very body from death itself, crowning you literally with the steadfast love and compassion of God, satisfying you with those good things in life. How many of those are things that we normally think about or we might list on a day when we talk about what we're grateful and thankful for? So here's the problem. It's true what they say, right? It's easy to take things for granted, especially the things of God. As I read through this, I too was convicted, right? That sure. I am so grateful to be forgiven, but I don't spend a lot of time in my prayer and my worship of Jesus saying, "Thank you Jesus, the fact that there is forgiveness for me, that that is possible at all. Thank you so much for that." I don't spend a lot of time praying like that. And while I'm grateful for that future day when my body will be made new and perfect in the resurrection, I don't spend a lot of time necessarily praying and thanking God for the health that I have today, even. And even though I know that Jesus goes with me all the time, I don't spend a lot of time thanking God that I wear his steadfast love, that his compassion is literally a part of who I am. And I bet I'm not alone in that. It's easy sometimes to say, well, the world out there doesn't necessarily celebrate Thanksgiving in the way they should. But sometimes, if I think we're really honest, if we take a step back and look at ourselves, sometimes we just sound like everyone else who doesn't have faith. That we don't list these great gifts of God when we think about what we are most grateful and thankful for. And so the psalmist is urging us Urging us not to forget all that God has done. But he's also urging us. He's pushing before us. He's putting a picture in front of us of the height, the width, the breadth, the depth of love of God for you. And the many things that he's given to you. That it's so much more than just the things of this world. That it's intangible things too. That there is true, full, complete forgiveness that there's a future day of resurrection when your frail, broken body and the body of your loved ones who have died in the faith will live again, and that you literally, too, are walking around clothed in the compassion and the steadfast love of your God. Now those, those benefits, those gifts, those are things to be thankful for, but those also are things that only people who follow Jesus can say thank you to God for. In a few seconds, we're going to confess the first article of the Apostles' Creed and its meaning that Luther writes in a small catechism. Why we're going to do this is because it helps, again, paint that picture of just how many things and how many different ways God provides for our day and life and just our body and our soul as well. And so as we read through this, I want you to look, I want you to read, I want you to focus on just how wide it is, just how big and how expansive, how many things there are that God gives and that God provides for you on a regular basis. So, we're doing two weird things in the middle of a sermon. So please, I invite you to stand as you're able. We confess together the first article of the Creed. I believe in God the Father Almighty, maker of heaven and earth. What does this mean? I believe that God has made me and all creatures, that he has given me my body and soul, eyes, ears, and all my members, my reason and all my senses, and still takes care of them. He also gives me clothing and shoes, food and drink, house and home, wife and children, land, animals, and all I have. He richly and daily provides me with all that I need to support this body and life. He defends me against all danger and guards and protects me from all evil. All this He does only of fatherly, divine goodness and mercy without any merit or worthiness in me. For all this, it is my duty to thank and praise, serve and obey Him. This is most certainly true. For all this, it is my duty to thank, praise, serve, and obey Him. For all this, for life, for salvation, for forgiveness, for resurrection, for every single good gift that we have. It is the same words that the psalm begins with. Bless the Lord, O my soul, with all that is within me. Praise His holy name. Bless the Lord. Do not forget of His benefits. Amen? Amen. We continue as we go.